Thank you for joining us for this episode. Today, we're joined by Ron Yan. We're going to talk about eye tracking for myopia management on the Myopia Podcast. Optometric Insights Media proudly presents the Myopia Podcast, where we give you the latest myopia research, clinical topics, and industry insights. Make sure to subscribe to stay up to date on all of our awesome myopia content. And now to our host, a massive myopia manager himself, Dr. David Kading. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Today, we have Ron Yam talking with us about uh, myopia and how we're utilizing eye tracking and eye tracking spectacle lenses to be able to help incorporate uh, improvements into our patient's life. Ron, thank you for joining us for this episode. Thank you, David. Happy to be here. Yeah, Ron is joining us from Israel, and uh, he is uh, the CEO of a company called Novasite which specializes in eye tracking in many ways. And Ron has been in the eye care community for a long time with, with regards to these the sort of optics and so forth, the mechanical engineer by training. And uh, Ron, you and I have, uh, have been speaking about myopia with regards to things. And you've come out with some methods with uh, one of your systems to be able to possibly look at eye elongation. Is that, is that true? How does that work? Yeah, that's a good question. It's really intriguing. So I'm sure most of your listeners are very aware of what myopia is and why it's so important yeah. to treat it. Now, um, I, I would say that the, maybe the major building block of um, myopia monitoring is the eye elongation because this yeah. is a major risk factor. And the way to measure eye elongation today is mainly by measuring the axial length change. And this is done with a biometer or with an ultrasonic device. Both are not really accessible either, needs you know, special expertise or just very expensive. So uh, our iSwift device, which uh, I think I mentioned in, a, in the previous uh, podcast, has many, many abilities. But now on the, on the iSwift, iSwift Pro, we are adding this uh, eye elongation measurement. And the way that it would work is that uh, we would measure the radius of rotation. So not exactly the axial length, but another characteristics of the eye, which is very much correlated to the axial length. And we're doing that by eye tracking. So we very, very basically, I cannot go into fine details, but we are measuring, we are showing targets to the eye and we are measuring how the eyes are rotating in order to view those targets. Now, if you have a large axial length and a large radius of rotation, your eyes would be doing a different trajectory than if your eye is short. And this is exactly what we are measuring. And the change of this, uh, of this measure of this uh, radius of rotation, we believe, and we need to prove that in a long-term clinical study, would be very much correlated to the change of axial length. And this is a way to measure that without the need to buy a biometer, without the need for the kid to place in head in a chin rest. Everything is done in an open space, uh, kids-friendly. So the kids is actually looking some some animations on the screen. And we are able to measure his uh, eye elongation. Yeah. So so let's back up because I jumped into this right away because I got excited. So you have a device that's currently available. Uh, I believe you told me it's distributed by Essilor Luxottica called the iSwift. And this device is already Mm -hmm. available. And what does it currently do, this iSwift device? Yeah, so this iSwift device, which is on the market, as you said, is not yet in the U.S. It's being mm-hmm. distributed today in Europe, Far East, and some other parts of the world. 
um, is today is measuring uh, seven different uh, vision tests around the strabismus, uh, both latent and uh, fixed strabismus, uh, measuring uh, visual acuity manually. Next generation device is going to do that automatically. Mm-hmm. Uh, measuring um, binocular vision, uh, the fusional reserves, how much you can uh, converge or divert your eyes. Uh, measuring the stereoacuity, measuring suppression of the brain, and also, very interestingly, measuring the reading ability of the kid. All that is done, most of it is done by eye tracking and objectively. And now we are coming, we're working already on the next generation device, which will have many, many new things like automated visual acuity and contrast sensitivity, and those myopia monitoring features. Um, So this is really uh, exciting for us. Yeah. So this is uh, kind of a new way of measuring axial length with regards to uh, utilizing eye tracking to measure curvature. Is that is that kind of what you alluded to? And it's, are you... yeah, so so actually, what we are measuring is a mechanical uh, property of the eye, and this mechanical property of the eye. Think about the eye as as a wheel of a car, okay. right? So think about a small car versus a, a large uh, truck. So this truck is going to move more with every spin of the wheel, uh, if, you're, if you understand what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So this is more or less what we are uh, measuring. We're measuring the movement of the eye once, try- once the eye is focusing on different targets on the screen. So yeah. it's not exactly the axial length but it's very much correlated to it. Okay. So uh, is, is there a study that you've uh, started or are you working on that study? Uh, and and what's, the, what's kind of a time frame that you think that that might, might be commercialized? Right. So it would take time. It yeah. would take time because currently we ran some uh, preliminary R&D tests and we saw a very nice correlation. But in order to really see if, it, if it's working, we really need to run a clinical study of around 12 months and to measure the eye elongation uh, measured by, by, by a biometer compared to, the, to our method. So the device is going to be commercially available uh, beginning of next year, Q1 of 2022. And then we take another one year of a clinical study. So let's say uh, Q1, 23 is when we believe this new feature is going to hit the market. Yeah. And, you know, that's so key, Ron. I, uh, we talk about here on the Myopia podcast how we can't wait until everybody has a biometer to be able to say that you do myopia management. But really the gold standard for measuring whether an eye is progressing in myopia is not just the refractive error, but the elongation. And that's where, you know, all the disease comes, the increased risk for maculopathy and glaucoma. So treat, so important for us. And so I've always said that it's going to be difficult for us to really incorporate that component of myopia management into mainstream eye care until we can get an affordable, reasonable, device and look for additional measures or ways to measure axial length. Um, the devices that are on the market right now, they're, they're affordable, but it's going to be difficult for that to be incorporated into everybody's practice. And the other thing that I always say is it's really difficult for us to buy a box that does one thing, right? Here's your axial length machine that just does that. So the, the ability that you're incorporating with this uh, this device, iSwift, to measure visual acuity and do binocular vision screenings. It's something that 
you know, you might sit your patient, every patient down and measure all of these different things. And, you know, the software is able to measure a lot of different things at one time, I'm, I'm imagining. So, you know, I think that's really brilliant that uh, you're looking for ways to bring that out in more than just one box measuring one thing. Exactly. This is exactly our vision. Mm-hmm. Use eye tracking and measure whatever you can. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. So now you've you've also you know been in the space around uh, around treatment and you 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 know made an announcement uh, not too long ago, I believe here in 2021, about uh, a product that you guys are are looking into and. You know, as everybody knows, uh, we don't have a product currently available in the United States, but, you know, internationally, there are products, the the DIMS lens, uh, you know, Hoya Essilor, many of the major companies uh, are, are launching products, uh, spectacle lenses for the correction of myopia, slowing it down, causing this peripheral defocus. Um, and, uh, you know, never really thought about this until you brought it up. So where are you jumping into this space of spectacle lenses? with uh, eye tracking. Yeah, so this is really, really exciting and and very preliminary for us. This is a pipeline product, but we're trying to solve one basic problem that all of those DIMS lenses have. And this is the inability to maintain clear vision with eye movements. Because it's it's very clear to understand that if you have a peripheral blur that is done on the periphery of the lens, once the kid is, and, and, and try to understand that this, Clear area of the lens is very small, about Mm -hmm. 8 to 10 millimeters of clear area. And then you have also those fitting problems and misalignment. So a very, you know, small movement of the eyes. And immediately the kid is actually looking through the blurred area of the lens. And we measure that in our lab in the currently available lenses on the market. And we noticed about a two-line reduction in visual acuity, once the kid is looking through the blurred area of the lens, and this yeah. is something, of course, nobody wants. So then th- th- this actually uh, uh, drove us to think, is this solvable? Can we solve this issue of blurriness? And we came up with a cool idea that is actually moving the correction according to the uh, momentary eye uh, uh, gaze. So how do you do that? So we implement eye tracking technology into the frame itself, which is available so there are close to the eye eye trackers today so we we would implement those eye trackers into the uh these wearable device it's not really a um, you know spectacle regular spectacle it is now a wearable device that has eye tracking inside but not only eye tracking the lens itself is now uh, um it, it's an electrical lens it's something that is dynamic so not only we can create this myopic blur electronically we can also move it in space mm-hmm. so just imagine that the eye that the lens itself has pixels and every time we uh, we operate a different pixel we can move this uh this uh, um blurring uh, um, uh, component on the lens itself and then once you harness uh, it to the eye tracking then actually what you get is that the eyes are always getting a sharp image because the correction is moving with the eyes I need to say that we're actually doing that today in a different device, a different treatment device, which is called CureSight, which is used for uh, amblyopia treatment, lazy eye treatment, but we are doing it today. We're moving a blurring. This, uh, in this, this case, it's a, exactly the opposite. It's central blurring in order to stimulate the brain to work with the amblyopic eye. We're doing this on a screen, a 
again, momentarily, according to the eye gaze, but on a screen. And this time, we, are, we want to use the same technology to do it uh, transparently on the lens. Mm -hmm. I, it's, uh, that's, that's amazing. I mean, I can't even follow you through half of what you're explaining to me because it's just <laughs> so, so new and so innovative. Obviously, you explained it really well, but this whole pixelation you know, technology and, and, and the things you're, you're talking about with uh, displays and, 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 and those sort of things, I think that by the time you bring this product out, far more of us will be better understanding of uh, of what you're talking about with eye tracking, as you know, Google and and Apple, they're all talking about bringing wearable devices that we can see having a device with this technology to then be able to correct uh, the correction of this. Obviously, you've got a long ways to go before that product is potentially commercialized. But do you foresee actually having a prototype device? somewhere in the next uh, six to 12 months that you'll start working on technology and, and treatments and, and doing clinical studies? Or how far away do you think this is? So uh, we do have already a preliminary prototype. I'm, go I'm going to show it to you. Uh, now it's a podcast, so you can only describe <laughs> what you see. But you see, we already have glasses that have uh -huh. electrical lenses embedded. And you can see that they are still wired. So yep. this is just the first step in a long, long way to reach uh, this wearable device. So we already have the ability to change actually between far vision and near vision. So this device is already working like a, a progressive lens. Uh, but then there's you know a mileage to go before this lens can actually move the correction and before uh, it would be co connected to an eye tracker. So I would say that uh, it would take us at least one year to come up with a working prototype in a sense that we can start clinical studies. So I, I believe that 23 would be the year that we will start, start clinical studies. And these are long-term clinical sure. studies, of course. Sure, because two, three years. Yep. So uh, hopefully by 24, we should have already a device that would look you know, also slim and lightweight and appealing. Uh, it's a long journey. Yeah, yeah. In terms in terms of IP, by the way, we already applied for a patent, and it, the patent was also already granted at least one territory. So uh, we're also progressing on the IP front, not sure. only on the. Sure, an important part of that as well. For certain, I would assume you already are developing that or uh, are on that train. Very cool. Well, Ron, this is uh, this has been an absolute fascinating thing. I love talking to innovators and people who are, you know, expanding our minds of thinking of what's available for the future. Um, thank you for what you're doing for the eye care community. Thank you, David. It's, it was a pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Myopia Podcast. Uh, make sure to subscribe and, and like so you can be uh, made aware of uh, other future podcasts who hopefully will be as enlightening as Ron's podcast. And uh, if you'd be so kind as to leave us a five-star review, we'd be grateful for your recommendation. And please stay tuned for the next episode of the Myopia Podcast. This podcast was brought to you by Optometric Insights Media. If you enjoy our content, please leave a five-star review. And don't forget to subscribe for more great episodes.